Thank you so much for joining me today, Christine. I'm very happy to have you here, um, you know, talking to the VestNow audience about finances and you have such a great background. And right now I would love to, you know, have you tell the world more about what your work um, is and how you help people with uh, their finances, personal finances, you know, helping them, coaching them and also helping them with taxes, which is very important right now. Um, a lot of people are still in the tax uh, process, and I know that it can seem very scary, but you have got it all figured out, so um, we'd love to hear about it. Yeah, thank you, Nicolette, for inviting me. I really appreciate this. So, yeah, so I'm a financial coach. I um, started my business in 2016, so I help people at the basic level. I help people with their um, relationship with money. So what that means is that um, if you have a good relationship with money, you feel confident about where your money is at, and then you're confident to pursue your financial goals. So usually for most people who do not have a good relationship, like they have debt problems, cash flow problem, or just even though they might make very good money, but they're just having problems with like they don't know where it goes. They're stressed about, you know, um, how, how their retirement or their future or taxes as well. So I'm there to make sure that, you know, I, I marry the practical side of money and as well as the emotional and then money mindset piece as well into one because you can't be successful without the other. Definitely, definitely. No, that's very, very important. And in terms of taxes, what are some of the things that you're helping people um, with um, right now in this tax season? Yeah, so um, the most common for my clients is that they just don't understand their tax return. They don't know even to read the 1040 form because a lot of the clients who came to me who had other tax professionals do their taxes, they don't understand it. So they don't. I, I don't think the professional will really sit down and explain to them. So mm -hmm. for me, it's very important for me that you can at least read your first two pages. Those are the summary. You know, 1040, the first two pages. So you want to be able to understand, you know, that's just a summary. You don't even need to understand the detail. But when you look at the summary, you're like, oh, yeah, that's that makes sense. That makes sense. So mm -hmm. and I need them to be able to to link that to their paycheck, you know, like their withholding exemption. So I, I also teach my clients to read their paycheck, to always pay attention. Like I, um, you know, I also work for Intuit right now. And then someone just called today and said, Oh yeah, they they literally had to pay back like um six thousand dollars to the California state because oh, wow. what happened was that um they didn't they didn't look at their paycheck that that for some reason payroll wasn't withholding their state income tax. So if you pay attention to your paycheck, you can read it because literally it's there federal withholding, your social security, your Medicare, your state withholding, and whatever disability other stuff that's withhold. So you have to read that. Like you cannot just expect, oh yeah, gross income ten thousand, you gotta take home ten thousand. There's gotta be a bunch of taxes. So you need to see how that flows and then how that's connected to your tax return. So that's what's called tax planning. So I want to make sure that you know when my clients, when tax preparation, tax season comes. They're not gonna be like, oh my god, like why they all so much? Why do I have a lot of refunds? So for the most part, I want them to be as close as possible to not owing money. Yes, yes, that is yeah. everyone's goal, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> no, that's great, and that's and that's a good point because so many of us, we you know, we get our paycheck and we see it in the bank, and we're like, yes, yeah. <laughs> we're paid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But we don't think about you know looking at the details. So no, that's a great point and a good thing for all of us to start looking at. Uh, no, that's perfect. And as you're going through and you're starting to work with new clients, what is what would you say is are the most important things for a strong 
um, financial foundation. Um, Because we all know we should budget, but like, how do we budget? You know, there's so many different ways, 50, 30, 20. Um, What would you say are the kind of the fundamentals that you teach your clients? Yeah, so I don't go by percentage and definitely the foundation is budgeting. So when you start as a client with me, we're going to have you get started on budgeting. So of course, I'm going to teach you the tool that I use, which is really Excel spreadsheet. And I built a template, you know, that I have used for the past 10 years. And that's the same thing I teach my client is the same thing that I built my online budgeting course from. So it's from my tool you only need an excel spreadsheet or google sheet if you don't have um, microsoft excel so yeah basically that because like it's not just about budgeting it's about like you taking control and then of course when you budget that's how we build financial awareness and that's like such a um a lot of people struggle with that so basically when um we we're gonna need the um so basically when they do the budgeting they're gonna be like okay um then they're gonna there's a lot of struggles that come with it and challenges because they'll be like, okay, um, I don't, you know, I, they struggle with even trying to track it. They don't know where their money goes and they're like, oh, I have like five credit cards. I don't know how to track it. So, so we're going to have to start organizing that. So lots of things always come up. And also like when they spend money, you know, we always, we also go deep dive into the emotional aspect. Like why do you spend so much money on Amazon, on this, on that? Cause sometimes like, for example, I had one client, she well, she was an older late, late. She was an older client, so she has two. Yeah, her kids are already out of her home, so she was kind of feeling a little bored and lonely. And part of her alleviating that loneliness was actually buying from Amazon. So mm-hmm. then, after she bought so much stuff, you know, she always feel uh, bad about herself. So like, yeah, I don't really need all this stuff. So what we were trying to work on with her is that, you know, find something else that will fulfill her need. Like, for example, maybe volunteering, you know, that doesn't cost you money. So I think she just needs somewhere, you know, it's like that will fulfill her need. Because, like, buying, like, it's just a temporary need. It's just, like, people who have issues with uh, food, right? Like, obese yeah. people, like, they keep eating and eating because, but then it's trying to fill this void. But after you eat, you feel bad. And then when you feel bad, you want to eat again. So so some, some things, it's the same thing with money too. Sometimes you might end up doing that as well. So people have different issues. So you just have to be aware where that is. So my focus is on the money stuff. So the budgeting serves so much purpose. Like, you know, we can see everything. We can deep dive into why you spend a lot of money, what causes this. So we explore all of that. And then we also go back to their history. So I have the money history form where we, I ask them a lot of questions about their past. So we're going to explore their upbringing, why they they have that mindset, you know, why they think about money that way. And then we're going to have to transform all of that. So that's why it's all revolts around your relationship with money. And budgeting is just a way to navigate it from this side to this side so you can have a great relationship. No, that, that definitely makes sense. You're kind of reverse engineering our, our yeah. money mindset. Um, yeah, because there's so many things that we, like you said, we knew that we're not really, really aware of. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's painful. Yeah. Uh, Once you go through and you look at your bank statement, you're like, yeah, really? (laughs) Did I really spend that much? Yeah, Uh, exactly. (laughs) So it's good to have a support. I'm sure that's very, very helpful to have Mm -hmm. someone, um, to you have you there uh, for your clients. And like you said about the Amazon, like Right now, you, that's a huge thing because so many people are lonely. They're looking for things to, you know, new games, new hobbies, so many things just to kind of fill up mm-hmm. time and space um, yeah. in this, you know, unprecedented time. Yeah. And would you have any advice for people right now during COVID, you know, how 
in terms of like, how do you budget when you're not, we don't, we don't have a lot of certainty. You might have a job, you might not have a job. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, there's money there, maybe there's not, but you don't know what's going to happen next month or the month mm-hmm. after because it just mm-hmm. seems to be changing so quickly that a lot of yeah. people are just a bit, you know, afraid and they're not sure. Like in this, what do we do? Do we save? Do we invest? Mm-hmm. But what are your thoughts on that? Well, welcome to my world. Welcome to the world of entrepreneurship. We, you don't know where your money goes. Your money might be high this month. Your money might be low next month. So I can't, I will never know. It's right mid month for me. Actually, you know, my business has been going very well. And like I, I plan like coronavirus is here. So I plan for that. Like I make sure I have multiple streams of income. So same thing. If you're an employee, let's say you got laid off, then you're going to have to plan like, well, how can I make extra money? So you're going to have to start looking at, um, you know, investing in yourself for classes, whatever, what remote jobs can you find? What remote, um, and offers or services you can, you can give in the meantime. So you might just have to do that. So for me, how I live, I, I have planned for, for um, you know, even just throughout the year. So I make sure I'm a tax professional so I can make money during the tax season. I, my financial coaching is my business all year round. And then I have, I start offering LinkedIn coaching now. So I've started, um, I've gotten like 10 clients since I officially launched last month. So that has given me steady streams of income. And then I'm, I offer online budgeting course. I'm also going to build an online LinkedIn course as well. So that way, um, cause I, I wanted to do coaching first to see what kind of issues people are having with LinkedIn before I create a course. So now I think I have a good sense and I'm going to build that. So it's the same thing. Like that's why the budget is there for you to plan because then, you know exactly how much you need your minimum cost of living expenses. I mean, how are you going to know that? Like most people, when I ask them if they don't have a budget, I ask them, so how much do you really need each month to survive? Like they kind of just guess like, okay, maybe, I don't know, 3000 4000 5000 They don't know, right? And then even then they always underestimate how much they spent for food and that's usually the biggest category for food. So it can it can really range anywhere from you know, someone being very frugal, 200 to even like, you know, at least a thousand dollars. So it really depends, you know? So, but then like, I, so in terms of percentages, I don't go by percentages. I just go by how much net are you bringing in or gross or net, whatever. If you're an entrepreneur that is gross, then, then, you know, then what are all your expenses, non-discretionary expenses, like your rent, your whatever, cell phone bills, and then, you know, self-employment taxes and then everything else. Like, you know, how much should you budget for food? How much you budget for other stuff? So, and you kind of see, okay, that's how much I need. Then you're going to have to darn plan that month that you're going to meet at least the minimum. You know, because right. like for me, my goal the first year, because I quit my corporate job May of last year. So I just celebrated my one year anniversary last last weekend. So that oh, was congratulations. Yeah, I, I one year. I was so happy. So I told myself like, if this one year, like I can't even break even, I'm just going to go back to corporate. So my goal, like that was my minimum goal. I need to at least break even. So luckily I have been profitable, but it goes the same thing. Like month by month, like for me, if I can break even, I'll be happy. But of course I always push for to be profitable, you know, as profitable as possible, but the minimum will be to break even because otherwise if it's the same thing with employees. So you lose your job. Okay. Then you have a break even number. Then you bet you better, you better make sure you, you know, you, sell your something in your house like you you just need you need to figure out how much you need that's what planning is that's what budgeting is for yes yeah. yes definitely that's a very important yeah. number yep um, and it can definitely change as we you know exactly um, over time but what would you say are the most common struggles that you're seeing right now with a lot of your clients do you see some mm-hmm. commonalities in there um 
Yeah, it's 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 always they just don't know where their money's going. They they just have a they just have a hard time budgeting. They just struggle so much to just budget. Mm-hmm. So my so I, my client range from really good clients who does their homework. They like they enter everything, you know. They and then sometimes like ah, they like I don't want to enter stuff. I don't want to see what I'm I'm spending. And then but I said no, you have to. That's called financial awareness. Whenever you spend money or earn money anywhere, you have to track that. Whether it's by if you want pen and paper, that's fine. You know, although I I like my formulas and stuff like that. So I'm more an Excel gig. That's why I use everything on Excel. Like when I do my retirement modeling, it's in Excel. So I do a lot of stuff in in Excel. Because I, I love Excel and I love order formulas and drop down whatever that comes with that one. So so yeah, I mean it's it's just um they just struggle to just look at it. They just don't want to do it. And sometimes like they just budget or track when it's time to see me like an hour before they see me then they tap the for the whole week and <laughs> i'm like that doesn't serve the purpose you know like it's like you're just doing homework you're not doing this for me this is for you i'm just there to guide you so that will be my number one stuff i mean um challenge with the clients but other than that i mean yeah i mean the rest you know they you know they come with all kinds of different issues right the tax issues they want to know if they have enough money for retirement. They want to learn investment. So I don't give investment recommendation, but I I educate them on how investments work. So that mm-hmm. way they they know you know what target funds are, what ETF is, what index funds is, what retirement fund is, what you know there's better men or whatever. So they do the investments themselves. So I don't tell them what to do about. Uh, what investments they want to I mean, if they want rental property great so we we look at the pros and cons of each individual investments and then and then you know depending on each individual uh scenario then it's like there's gonna be different ways so i always tell them pros and cons of each and mm-hmm. this is where you're at right now and then they will have to make the decision um at the end so i don't make the decision for them because i don't want to i want to guide them That's so fair. they can they know how to make the decision themselves Definitely, definitely. Kind of teaching them how to fish, essentially. Exactly. Yes, yes. That's my model. I will teach you how to fish. (laughs) That's perfect. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And I saw the other day on uh, social media, you posted about one of your clients who finally took the leap and talked to her boyfriend about finances and like what her financial goals are and kind of her like breaking points, you know, making sure that they're aligned. Do you have any advice for people who are you know, starting to have those conversations or haven't yet, because it is a tricky one. It's nothing that anyone wants to really um, dive into. Um, But would you have any advice for them? Um, When it comes to dating, right? Yes. If you're dating, if you're moving in, just kind of like having those first finance conversations. So I think think to begin with, uh, you want to have the conversation even way before you move in. So, so I think, okay, (laughs) have your first date. And then, so depending on comfort level, I mean, sometimes like, you, you're going to have to keep your eyes open and then like really just pay attention to them. Cause like, there's so many telling things about someone, even with it, just people with general, you can, I can kind of tell how they are with money. You just have to pay attention. So when you're dating, that's even more important. And you cannot be blind to that. You know, if you're going to, I mean, I assume you're dating to have a long-term relationship. I mean, if you're just having, if you are just having fun, then who cares? Right. But assuming you are there for long-term relationship, then you're going to be spending the rest of your life, maybe with this person. Person. so money is very important it is so so important so do not discount how important that is so even first date you can just have like just innocent conversation like you can have uh, go like um 
oh yeah um isn't it expensive to live in the bay area in silicon valley like what do you think like <laughs> like something like that it's just like you're just having a get to know conversation so little mm-hmm. innocent stuff like that or just pay attention to how they tip you know just like are they using their credit card debit card cash so just those little nuances and then like hopefully after like maybe you know in after a month of dating and start to open up like maybe you know have even a chat um about like salary in general and then depending if you're comfortable you can even share that but maybe not too early because you know but at least like it's going towards there you can start to talk about you know the benefits and you know how's your company like you know do they offer good benefits and stuff those are just innocent conversation then as it progress more and more you want to open up to the point where you're actually talking about each other's finances even your salary you know i mean i don't i think it's okay to talk about salary with your uh especially partner or boyfriend i mean with friends that will depend on your friendship but i normally don't share my salary with my friends it's just you know with just my partner and very very close friends so yeah but with the one i'm dating yet yeah, towards like i think probably i've historically i've always talked about that maybe in the second month and you know it's just like you, know, you can't say hmm. and then if he doesn't make a lot of money then how do you feel about how he handles money you know mm-hmm. like and then I get to the point also like I think maybe earlier on after a couple of days like you know have the conversation like um you know who pays what who's gonna pay for dinner when because I know some of my well they're not really my friends but I know some women who expect men to pay for everything but then the thing is that we live in a society where you know women sometimes make as much as men if not more so I think that's a very unfair thing to put on a man. That's kind of like, okay, you do everything, whatever. So so you have to have that conversation because then the man might feel unfair. Or the woman's like, oh, I expect to find a man who will pay for everything. Okay, then maybe you have to keep looking. And I don't know who's, who you're going to find these days. But <laughs> so, yeah, so that's also an important topic, you know, because like then you don't want to make assumptions like, okay, I think I can just expect him to pay for everything. So you don't want that. It's also respect for the other person, you know, then that you're like, okay, then I value your opinion. Say, hey, what do you think? Like, um, how should we, do you want to split the bill each time or do we just go back and forth and stuff like that? So depending on what you, both of you feel comfortable. Yeah. Definitely, and then definitely. when it comes to moving in, then that's a more serious conversation. So hopefully you have a lot more chat before the moving in conversation because moving in, you have to talk about, okay, how are you going to split the bills, the rent, mm-hmm. and then um, in the food and stuff like that. So you have to lay that all out. And then like, um, I'm glad like I have had a lot more couples clients now, like who, um, you know, sometimes they, they never have, they haven't seen each other's finances. So when we do their budgeting, everything's out on the table. We can see each other's debt. So I think it's really important. You need to see each other's debt. And then are you okay with that? I mean, you, I mean, cause you know, like once you get married, unless you have a prenuptial agreement, then, you know, it's, it's going to be one pot, right? So, yeah. so you need to understand all of that because their debt is your debt and vice versa. And then like, you, you won't believe that, you know, some people just don't talk about it. And because there is actually an IRS, a form called injured spouse or in innocent spouse relief. So both of them are meant for people, a partner to actually submit when they find out like their spouse, um, you know, owes allowed debt to the IRS. They don't know. Once they went from single stat- filing status to married filing status, then they're like, how come we didn't get this much refund from 5000 to like 1000 Because the IRS, you know, hold on to the refund because one of the spouse, you know, like, owes so much money be- before. 
So, so right. that's why you have to file those. I mean, you know, can you believe that? So you want to make sure you, you can see all of that. So I was really proud of one of my young clients. She was like, she's one, she's in her 20s. So she told me, yeah, because of all the work she's been doing with me, she said, mm-hmm. yeah, I had a talk with my new boyfriend. We talk about deal breakers. And then she said, yeah, I told him one of my deal breakers is financial literacy. Like, <laughs> like I like, for her. <laughs> like, like you need to have, um, I need my boyfriend to have a, you know, no other financial literacy, no credit card debt, know how to deal with money. And so it was like, Definitely. it was such a proud moment for me. I was like, wow, that's so awesome. <laughs> Good for you. I did my job well. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That takes so. a lot of courage to do that. Yeah, I know exactly. And then they, <laughs> the beginning, um, they just literally just uh, dated like a month, and then she already talked about that. <laughs> That's awesome! I'm like, wow, good for you. You're comfortable to talk about that. No, I think as early as you comfortably can, because that kind of shows how you click with the person and how Definitely. comfortable. Yeah, and then sometimes for some people is more uncomfortable than others. But for me, I'm very comfortable talking about money. I usually bring it up a lot earlier than later. So it depends. But then for people who are not comfortable, you're going to have to push yourself, you know, just don't push it off too long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. No, it's yeah. good. It's one of those things that you need to know up front. It's like yeah. there are morals exactly. and values and, you know, that's very important. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, And in terms of, um, let me see, in terms of um, couples who you have seen kind of like wait too long, have you seen any of that where it's kind of caused conflict? Um, Uh, Yes. So the couples who come to me, so mm -hmm. they're either married or they're engaged or thinking about getting engaged. Okay. 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 Those, when they come to me, usually – usually they haven't talked about money yet. <laughs> so it's unfortunate. The married one, uh, let me think. The married one, I mean, they kind of know they have joint account, but they never really pay attention to their money. So the ones who are not married, like, um, like uh, I, you know, like this two, three couples was actually came from LinkedIn. So one was actually, they just got engaged. So they want to make sure that um, they're on the same page when it comes to money. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that they hired me. So we made sure um, because then, you know, one had more debt than the other. Of course, the other is expecting the other person to actually want to, um, you know, be responsible for his debt too. But the thing is that you're not married and you can't put such a high expectation. So we need to clear that out. And then he, he needs to earn her trust first that he can manage his finances before they can kind of start thinking it's one pot. And the other couple too, um, basically they, um, so so when they came to me, they were negative cash flow a month. And that was mainly because they just wasn't aware of their finances. And the way they were thinking is that, um, um, one the the um you know the the guy was saying that oh um you should just buy stuff I can afford and I asked what do you mean by afford how can you help you afford something oh when I have money in my debit card <laughs> so 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 the debit card you might have a positive beginning of the month and you don't realize you have all these expenses for the whole month so that, because they don't have a budgeting so by the time they spend and they're gonna be negative so now because they have a budget so now he's a lot aware so he he only spent when he confide in the budget spreadsheet that he can afford it. Like he wants to buy whatever, like $200 clothes or something, just an example. Mm-hmm. And they will put that in the budget. Can I afford a $200? If not, then you don't buy it, even though you have a thousand dollars in your debit card. 
yeah. So so that was like we had to reframe that. So I think they're a good place now. I'm very happy with this couple. Like they're a positive cash flow now, and then I think they feel better about their their money situation now because like mm-hmm. they they are sticking to their budget and then um you know they're confiding the budget they're tracking it as much as they can whenever money any money movement you in and out they put it in the budget yeah. good for them oh wow <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a big leap and i'm sure it takes a long time to get there but that's yeah. so important yeah, exactly yeah that's great and what what would you say is the the most helpful money advice that you ever got that someone I, gave you um yeah so i was raised around, um so uh, I did a post, actually, I did a post today. No, no, that was yesterday. Oh, yeah, yesterday I did a post on LinkedIn about saying that you can be broke making 150K and be rich making 40K a year. So mm-hmm. so um, a lot of my influence about finance actually came from my aunt. So my aunt was very frugal. You know, he's, um, I think he's, I think she's 70 years old now. So so she she came here to the U.S. She wasn't making much money. It was, uh, I think it might have literally been 40, 50K here in the Bay Area. And then, and but she managed. She was very, she was frugal. You know, not cheap. She was frugal. She was good with her money. She, um, you know, she, she, she always, um, but she was also generous to her family. Like she was always helping us, her family. So she, she was, she was able to manage her finances very well. So now she's retiring comfortably. Now she owned two houses. You know, I mean, one after the other. I mean, she sold one, then she upgraded to a bigger house, and then she's like, after she retired. She's like, I don't need this bigger house. So she she went back to the Philippines to retire her because she preferred there, you know, lower cost of living or something. But I think if she had stayed here in the U.S., she probably would have afforded still. But I think she just want to move somewhere else out of the U.S. So, so, but my point was that, yeah, she, um, a lot of my influence, I think advice actually came from her. I think maybe the best advice would, would have been, she made me open my Roth IRA at age 20. Oh, so wow. that, that is really <laughs> that. So yeah, I mean, at first I was like, I was 20 years old. I just immigrated from US. I was like, mm-hmm. why do I have to open a retirement account at 20 years old? Like I was like, okay, yeah. Then I because I trusted my aunt, so I was like, okay, sure, just open a savings account, Roth IRA, whatever. <laughs> so I'm glad I did, and then I maximized that out. So that has really helped me. I'm so glad. But there were maybe two or three years when I was kind of being a rebel i'm like i don't need to save on my road IRA. so i regret not putting money during maybe mm-hmm. those two three years but the other years like i have actually pretty much maxed out my road ira good for you that is great advice especially yeah, 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 yeah. so young yeah young people start your road ira as early as possible actually when you have earned income it has to be based on your earned income you can only put as much as your earned income so if you only made five thousand dollars during the year you can only put five thousand dollars in your road ira okay yeah, yeah. No, that's a very helpful piece of advice <laughs> and if, if people want to get in touch with you and follow you and learn more um, uh, about, you know, what you're teaching about finance, how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, so I'm always on LinkedIn. So find me, um, my full name, Christine Tay. I mean, I have a company page there, but on LinkedIn, I mainly post from my personal page. So just mm-hmm. connect with me from my personal page. So Christine Tay, T-E-H. Or um, find me on Instagram. Uh, that will be from my business name, Tay Financial Coaching. My last name, T-E-H Financial Coaching. And then um, you can go to my website, www.tayfinancialcoaching.com. T-E-H Financialcoaching.com. And if you want to uh, set up a time to chat with me, just go to my website and schedule a 15-minute call. And then that way, that's the easiest way for you to reach out to me. 
That's very helpful. That's very helpful. And I will link all of your, all of your pages um, when this episode goes live. That way it'll be easier for people to find you and click and connect. Yes. Yes. Uh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. No, thank you so much for taking the time to chat today. This was very, very helpful. And I'm sure lots and lots of people will find it um, helpful as well. So thank you. And yes, yes. Uh, have a good um, evening and hopefully we'll get to chat a lot more soon.